Hello, and welcome to Underneath the Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Sheree Simmons. So the last time I checked in with you all was last week, and I let you know that I was preparing for my surgery. I was having a hysterectomy, and so this is the first week of the actual surgery. So I decided to come on every week and just share how I'm doing, share the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we've been talking about with the podcast. Um, if you notice, I'm a little out of breath. Um, but I just wanted to be able to share what I've gone through in a way to help someone else who may be going through the same thing. So... I just want to make sure that you all get a glimpse into what it is that I'm doing, how I'm doing, because like I always say, one person's testimony is another person's breakthrough. So often we go through things and people don't want to share what they're going through. And we end up seeing so many people who ended up going through the same things as we did and we could have helped them along the way by sharing our story. So that is what I am going to be doing today and every week until I am officially healed, as they say. So I had my surgery April 7th, which was last Wednesday, and I went in to Christ Hospital here in Chicago after having all types of um, pre-op appointments, blood work drawn, um, EKGs, all types of things to make sure that I was ready for surgery. Um, When I got there, my husband took me to the hospital that morning. I had to be there at eight o'clock. I came in. I was registered. I went into my private room, got dressed. I had to remove all the clothes and and wipe myself down with the surgical soap uh, pads in order to make sure all of my body parts were clear of any bacteria so that there wouldn't be any issues in the operating room. Um, The nurse came in, anesthesiologist came in, and doctors came in um, to answer any questions, let me know anything that I needed to know. I got the IV, which is the worst part of it. Um, And about 11 o'clock, they rolled me back, and I had the surgery. Now, this is my eighth operating room that I've been in in 10 years. And about my fourth hospital that I've actually had this surgery with. And so every hospital does it differently. This hospital, um, this was the first time where I had to actually wipe myself down before the surgery. This was also the first time that they gave me, they call it a T-block, where they gave me shots on my left side. I'm glad I was not awake for that part. Um which is supposed to help to subdue the pain after the surgery is over. Um, 
But yeah, they rolled me in, gave me my anesthesia. I was knocked out. When I came to, I was in my own room, which is the best part. I made a lot of good money for some insurance, and I don't like to share my room. So I woke up to my own room, nice little suite. Um, and I was half in, half out. People came and talked to me. They mainly told my husband what was going on. And um, yeah, that was the first day. It was supposed to be a two-hour surgery. Ended up being four because of all the adhesions and scar tissue that had. I was like, um, I was like a damn, it was a damn spider web in there. Let's just tell the truth. It was like a, a spider web. And if you're any type, if you're a fly or any type of insect, you get stuck to the spider web. That was the scar tissue and the adhesions. And so they had to go in and remove body parts off of my uterus and other parts that they were removing. And that's what took so long. So they removed my uterus, my fallopian tubes, my left ovary, because I had a five centimeter cyst that was on it. And um, they also, they did not take the full cervix as they were supposed to, because a part of it was attached to my rectum. So they did not take my full cervix. They left some of it on. Um, because they didn't want to risk causing any damages to my rectum. So yeah, it was a spider web, like Charlotte's web in there. Everything was attached to something, connected to something, glued to something. And so that's why the two-hour surgery took four. So sat, Wednesday, I stayed overnight. Thursday, I was there. Thought I was leaving Friday. They didn't because one thing they want to make sure you do before you leave a hospital is pass gas, have a bowel movement, and basically can move no blood clots. So they had the little um, compression socks on me and they had the machine going that was next to my bed so that it would prevent me from having any blood clots because last thing they wanted is for you to have to come back. So um, I was starting to Pass gas and belch and things like that, but the bowel movement was not coming because hell, you just messed with my rectum. So they had to make sure the stuff was working the way it was supposed to. So the the hospital food, every hospital is different. I've been to hospitals where you get a menu and you pick your what you want to eat and and, and delish. And this hospital was you get what the hell they give you. Um, and I wasn't really ready to eat anyway, but I was in love with the the, the apple juice and the uh, Italian ice. And even when I tried to get more of that, I could. Um, so I wasn't really eating, but I knew what would help me have a bowel movement. So I had my husband sneak me in some Jason's Deli. I had a good old turkey sandwich home on a croissant. I had, and I probably shouldn't have, had, but I don't care. I had my um, the best soup in the world, that broccoli and cheddar soup. And when he got me that, stuff started rumbling and moving around, and I was able to um, pass gas. And then the bowel movement still wasn't coming, but it was close. And so I ended up staying up until Sunday. So I was in the hospital from Wednesday 
to Sunday, being poked, prodded every couple of hours. And they would give you your wristband. I felt like I was at damn Amazon Fresh where I had my barcode and they just scanned me every time they came in to make sure they kept track of how much the Blue Cross Blue Shield owed them for this, this whole state. And so from getting blood drawn to getting medication, um, uh, I'm a little weird. I see hospital stays as vacations. I know it's crazy, but I'm I'm okay with laying around and people coming to see how I'm doing. Um, you have to force me to get to that that point, but when I do, I enjoy it. Um, it would have been great if the food was better, but um, yeah. So that would have to be the ugly part of it was that I wasn't able to do the bowel movement as soon as I wanted to, but then the bowel movement came on we, on Sunday morning. Uh, they kept bringing me these graham crackers, and I don't really eat graham crackers. I will eat them, but I don't prefer them. And so Sunday, I watched my pastor, Reverend Sharp on Fellowship on YouTube, and someone was like, eat the graham crackers. And the nurse brought me orange juice that I had asked for two days ago. But they brought me two orange juices in there. So I ate those crab crackers and I ate the, the drank the orange juice and had a bowel movement within minutes. So when the doctor came in and said he was ready to discharge me, he was like, so did you have a bowel movement? I was like, yes. I was like, those damn graham crackers. And so anytime I say graham crackers, I have to put damn in front of it because I never knew that graham crackers could move so fast. And neither did he. He said, well, that's um, a cocktail. We're going to have to tell some of our other patients to do. Graham crackers and orange juice. I said, yes, because it worked for me. Because I was ready to go. The bed was uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it was really that the bed was uncomfortable. And the food wasn't that great. And my husband wasn't going to bring me anything else that I wanted. So I ended up leaving Sunday. Coming home. I set everything up on our first floor so I didn't have to move or take any stairs to go upstairs to the master bedroom. Everything was set up down here and we have our reclining couches. So everything reclines. So it's easy for me to get up and down without too much assistance. So this first week has been okay. Again, this is my fifth surgery where I've been cut. So I'm used to it, and I tend to bounce back quickly. Um, and sometimes that can be trick. It can trick me into thinking I feel better than I really do, and so I end up moving and doing more than I should. But oh, it kicks in. Um, the medication I told them from my last surgery, I and I think I shared this with you all at one point. I gotten. I won't say addicted because I taken myself off of it when I realized someone right. I don't do drugs. I've never taken drugs. I don't even like taking medication. So the last surgery I had, they had me on hydrocortone, which is an opioid. And for three days, I was hallucinating. Like I would wake up from a dream, but still feel like I was in the dream. 
And after that third day of taking it, coming back from that last surgery, I was like, I'm not taking this anymore. And so then when you stop taking a drug, you have withdrawals. And I was still having flash, um, having um, hallucinations and had scared my family to death. So my mother came over with the holy oil and my sister came over with the joint and I had to smoke a blunt to come down off the high. That was my first and last time of even partaking in smoking a joint was to come off the high of the opioids. I can't make this up. So I told them going in what my experience was. And so they were very careful of giving me anything too strong. So I ended up being on a form of hydrocortone, but I was make sure I was watchful. And if I noticed anything and they were very careful not to give it to me too. So it was more so Tylenol that they were giving me for any pain um, after they took my button. I love the button where I could hit it and feel like medicine was coming out, but it really wasn't because it was on the timer. But it made me feel like it was. They took my button. After two days, I was a little sad. That was the bad part about the whole thing. They took my button. Uh, but the Tylenol was helping. And I have a high tolerance for pain. I really do. Stuff that would have people passing out and falling all over the floor, I could take like a champ. So when I came home, they didn't even give me hydrocortone as an option. They said take Tylenol. So I may have taken the one week, maybe three or four of them. Um, my saving grace has been this binder. So it's like a waist trainer, um, but it sucks everything in because when you have surgery and they didn't remove body parts, stuff is jiggling and trying to feel you this way around. It's like, it's not used to being hollow in there. And so you got to suck this stuff in in order for you to be able to move around and function to try to keep all the stuff in one section. Um, so the binder has been my best friend. Um, yeah. So that's the, the the ugly part of the recovery. Nobody wants this ugly part. The ugly part of the one week so far has been just adjusting to the pain. Um, and I've had a few breakdowns. I've had two breakdowns so far as far as emotional of realizing that you've had a hysterectomy. Your dreams of wanting to be a mom or having a child physically are gone. And so I had a breakdown on Saturday during our Zoom choir rehearsal with the Chicago Mass Choir. And that was my first time being able to release how I felt. And then I had one yesterday watching T.D. Jakes. Um, do his sermon from last week called Rightfully Mine. And oh, I had one this morning too. I was invited to do the 7 a.m. prayer for a church. And I talked about pivot. That has been my go-to word. That's the word that God has shown me throughout this whole experience is to pivot. Now, I'm not a basketball fan. The 
my favorite basketball player is Michael Jordan. And that was probably the last time I watched the full game. Uh, but I do know when you with I've been so used to walking in the direction that God wants me to go. And sometimes we walk in a direction and something comes up to where we have to pivot. We can't move. We don't have to move both feet. Our direction doesn't necessarily have to change. We're still going towards the same goal, but we sometimes have to go a different route, a, a detour. We're going to end up in the same place that we're supposed to, but we just have to pivot. We have to do things differently. And so going through this, God has shown me, I just need you to pivot. You're still going to birth things. This is not going to be a physical birth. And he has allowed for me to sit down and realize that I've birthed a lot of things already. I've birthed this book right here. It's that size for a reason where I talked about my journey through infertility before this hysterectomy. I birthed my first book underneath the hat, which is where this whole podcast comes from. And you can find both of those books on Amazon or wherever books are sold. But I birthed those two books. They were my babies. I birthed my mentor program, Young Ladies at All Times. And on Saturday, we're starting our spring virtual cohort of 2021 with 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, teaching them how to build a brand. Um, I've had that baby for four years. That's my four-year-old baby. And I've been able to help more kids in that program. I've helped 50 girls over these four years. I've been an educator for 15 years. So I've helped hundreds of kids, either in the classroom or as an administrator. And then God has been opening doors right before the surgery for me to be able to become an administrator. I didn't know I wanted to be, or didn't feel like I wanted to be a principal, but he's placing me in that op in that position to be able to help more kids. So even though he took away my normalized way of having children, he's allowing me to be able to touch more children than I could have physically birthed in the first place. So I would say that is the good part of this recovery is being able to be still. Psalms 46 and 10, be still and know. I'm being still, I'm listening to him. And, and I already know because he's helped me through so much already. I'm the type of person where I pretty much can learn from my mistakes the first time. And so I have seen what he's been able to do. This is my eighth surgery. Eight times I've gone under anesthesia. Eight times I've been able to survive. Everybody can't say that. Five times I've been, I've had body parts removed. And five times I've been able to share my story. Everybody can't say that. So I've been able to pivot several times. And I know that he has me. So I'm just going to be still and know. And trust him. And believe in his word. And know that he wouldn't put more on me than I could bear. And Lord knows it hurts. Lord knows sometimes I don't understand. Lord knows I get angry sometimes and wonder why me. But I'm just going to sit back and be still and see what it is he wants me to do next. But he's already given me sneak peeks of what's to come. So even though emotionally it hurts, 
physically it hurts after the first week. I'm just looking toward the mark of what's coming next. So even though I wanted to walk in one direction, God said, I need you to pivot. So he's going to still get me to the goal that I've had, but I just have to take a detour. I have to trust him. One thing with when you pivot, one foot is still while the other one is trying to figure out which way it needs to go. Where's the opening? And I realized that God, I am that foot that steal. And I have to trust that God is going to turn me in the direction that he wants me to go. I'm the foot that's stagnant. And when he's ready and feels that I'm ready and that there's an opening and I'm ready and prepared to walk in it, he's going to allow for that foot to come up off that ground so I can walk in the direction that he wants me to. So pivot. This is my pivot season. That's the good thing about this hysterectomy and this recovery is I'm sitting, I'm being still, and I'm ready to pivot. And this hysterectomy was that first pivot. So I know if I can make it through this, I can make it through anything. So I just want to come on and share this first week, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of this hysterectomy hysterectomy <laughs> recovery and uh, share my story with you because I'm sure that there's someone else that's going through the same thing. And even if you haven't gone through a hysterectomy, you aren't recovering from something. We have all been in pivot situations where we had a plan to go one direction and God was like, I need you to pivot. And we ended up still meeting our mark, still getting towards our goal we just had to take a different route. So I just pray that you all trust him and believe that he can do it. And if you don't believe in a higher calling, trust yourself. Know that you are strong enough to handle what is being given to you. You are strong enough. It may hurt. It's going to hurt. It may not make sense, but it will reveal itself after a while. But you are strong enough. You are strong enough. So again, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you share, like, subscribe this video on YouTube. Check out my other videos. You can also check this out on all of the podcast platforms. Um Anchor, Overcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. You can also um, listen to it there. Or if you want to see a visual, check me out on YouTube. Again, you're looking for a good read, check out my book, It's That Size for a Reason, or Underneath the Hat. They're both available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. If you just type in my name, Cherie Simmons, both of them will pop up. They're good reads. So again, I want to thank you all so much for letting me share my story and for allowing me to be who I am and tell my truth. And as I always say, I want you to remember to take care of yourself underneath the hats. I will see you next week for week two of recovery.